Welcome to Get Involved Referee with Steve Conroy, Des Roach, Dougie Gunning and me, Lindsay Heron. Pack show for you tonight. We've got Celtic uh, at Livingston. A couple of big calls from that game. Was it a penalty for Celtic? Should they have been given a corner for their opening goal? Rangers, were they, well, guilty of perhaps uh, giving away a foul in the build-up to their winning goal? And a couple of interesting challenges in that match as well, guys. Uh, and also we'll look at the uh, the Hibson-Johnston match. There was a pretty brutal challenge in that one as well, which might have merited some serious uh, some serious repercussions for Cammy McPherson. I think we'll also have a wee chat about VAR, given that um, they've finally shown us that they can know what a television screen looks like at the SFA last week. But let's start at uh, the spaghetti had, shall we? The Tony Macaroni. Big, big call in that game, guys. Obviously, a penalty for Celtic. Um, Jack Fitzwater just have handled the ball. What did you think about that, Steve? The only thing that you can say categorically about that is that the ball was handled. We're having th- th- this endless discussion and, and debate about it. I... Personally, um, I think that it was a penalty, but I've, I've said uh, even in here and outside, I'm given the penalty, but I'm give, giving it through gritted teeth because I honestly don't think that that should be called as a deliberate, in inverted commas, uh, handball. But I can see, I, I am still giving it as a penalty, but I, I wouldn't like to have done the thing is, Des, I mean, the player's fallen, he's on the ground. Um, a lot of people would argue there's not a lot we can do about it. What, what did you make of it? As Steve just said, we've had a wee bit of discussion around it. Um, Fitzwater's went down. He's made a genuine attempt to get back up. The balls came at him at pace again. But it does look slightly as if as if he's maybe went back down on his own accord. But by the letter of law, the ball struck his hand. It's in a, a position where a foul can be given. And say, I think I use the expression, Steve, gritted teeth are given it, thinking, I know it's happened. I'm not particularly happy with it, though. But yeah, it's, it's a penalty kick. Dougie, what do you think about it? Yeah, I think uh, as a penalty, there's been a lot of discussion on it. Social media, various channels and, you know, private WhatsApp groups. The only thing that <clears throat> I think Des is, oh, sorry, it was Steve that touched on it, is the only thing you can say for certainty is the ball hit the arm. And the only people that are wrong in this discussion are the ones that think it's an obvious call either way. I think any referee could probably argue to the law for giving it and not giving it. I'm of the opinion that... Had the ball struck his arm on the first block, on his way down, his arm is out to support himself, that would not be a penalty. I think the body is reasonably positioned and justifiable for his act. But as Des touched on, there's a second or two passes. The ball is going to get put back into the box and he recognises this. And as he's getting back to his feet, he puts his hand back on the ground and uses it to commit a second block. And in doing so, I think at that point, it becomes a deliberate act. He's put his hand down in that position. And that's why for me, it would be a handball offence because of the, the kind of time that's passed and the fact he's going to make a second block of the ball at that point. Now, he could have blocked it without putting his arm down, might not have reached as far as he did. That's fine. And that's his decision to use his arm as leverage to further extend his body and why I think the arm is then unnaturally placed and blocks the ball from going past him. So by definition, guys, that's a brilliant decision by Nick Walsh, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a brave one, I'll give you that. But, uh, you know, I, I can't... I, disagree with anything that, that Doogie said but I still see it a, a different way that yes he used his arm as a lever but he used his arm as a lever to give himself a better chance I think in the tackle to get the ball I don't you know the only person that knows if it was deliberate or not is him but I don't think that anything went through his mind that he was putting his arm where it was to get in the way 
of uh, to- of the pass. Totally agree with that. I don't think there's any the, the, both kind of phases of play to call it that are happening in such a quick period of time. The ball's ricocheting; it's been blocked back out, it's put back in. I don't think anyone's going to have the speed of thought to think I'm going to put my arm here strategically in the hope that it might block the cross. I don't think at all anything like that I think is going on. I think it's reactional to what's going on around them yeah. at that moment in time. It's just a. It's a sp- split second that's and it. that's what's occurred and for me the, hmm. the deliberate part comes through the arm being in a position that it doesn't need to be no I'll give you that and that's yeah. where I think it falls into the deliberate bracket and would qualify it as a penalty but I'm still saying he, he put himself deliberately in that position but I think he put himself deliberately in that position to give himself a better chance in the tackle but as you say, Dookie, it's, it's impossible that there is no right and wrong in that. No, and the beauty of it is, is we've all spoke to various people with had a chat ourselves. We've had multiple camera angles, slow motions. We've had the ability to take on each other's opinions and, and, and thoughts on it. And we can't come to a consensus decision on whether it should or shouldn't have been given or whether it entirely was or was not within the law to, to give the penalty. So Nick Walsh has one view in mm. real time and mm. has to make that call. And that's an unenviable position, but I guess that's that's the role he's there to play. And whether Bobby Madden or yeah, another official on the, on, on the park at that day, he may have seen it differently and not given the penalty. And we would be having the exact same decision and, and justifications for the penalty not having been given as well. Absolutely. You know, so yeah. it's, it's one I, I would love and I hope the ref associations pick it up and use it as a coaching point because I think there's real genuine discussion around arm position, you know, intent, you know, deliberation and things like that. I think if Fitzwater was going to be blocking the ball, he would be anticipating it blocking it with his legs or, he, or his body. Mm. I don't think he'd be anticipating blocking it with his arm. No. Um, and it's reactional, but mm. as you said, they're regarding a coaching point. That's what refereeing is. It's objective. It's your subjective. objective and subjective, sorry. It's your decision at that moment in time. And mm. that's what get the guys to the, yeah. to the top level and next done well. I know we're going to discuss VAR later on, but I have to say, if I was, if we had VAR and I was a VAR official when that one came up, I'd have thought, oh my God. <laughs> You'd be looking for a power cut. <clears throat> Did he see it? <laughs> you, you would just be calling Nick back to the side and saying, it's your call again. Have it's another look at this. Well, okay. So if that, was a, if that was a very brave decision, as you put it, or a good decision by Nick, maybe not such a good one for the, the opportunity that came next. I mean, Celtic didn't take advantage, missed the penalty. Uh, so Livingston are off the hook. Uh, but the next not, five minutes later, they concede a corner which we don't believe was a corner nope didn't look a corner to me um but the significance of that is that it's a difference of opinion and where you think it's a corner or not they scored from it that that's a material you i, I remember uh, when gordon smith was commentating one time um it was a st Mirren game and i can't remember any of the details but uh, i think it was Celtic. anyway it might have been somebody the the throw in was given the wrong way and they scored from it and gordon smith came on fair play to him said it's nothing to do with the uh, ref giving the wrong decision defend it um, so m- much the same defend the corner I don't think it was a corner but as you you know I'm always looking for mitigation I don't think the lino could have seen that because the Celtic player was between him and the ball he, he couldn't get a clear view I couldn't see where Nick was, was standing but it's not beyond the realms of possibility that Nick didn't get a clear view on it as well because the Livingston player was there um, but overall it, aye, I don't think it was a corner is, there's some suggestion, uh, Des, that um, the fourth official was involved in that decision uh, and maybe would have helped Nick come to that decision. I, I've listened to David Martindale's comments and to back up what Steve was saying in the Gordon Smith situation, David Martindale's not making any excuses for the defenders. He's saying there's still a lot of work to be done mm-hmm. after the corner's given. Um, so, unfortunately, the corner was given, which led to a goal. Livingston could have prevented. Fourth official, I mean, you're 50 yards away from that. It's, again how good an angle you're going to, you're going to have in that. Yeah. I think, unfortunately, and it's not one to sort of just sort of sit in the fence here, 
I think it's a it's an obvious error, but you can understand why it was missed. You can because the balls just came 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 hit back at Ralston. So yeah, I think it's clear. You can see that the ball was hit something after the initial contact by Ralston and the linesman's view is obscured. Um, mm-hmm. I remember trying to kind of look for it on the replays to see exactly where he was and he wasn't on camera when, when it actually happened but I could see where he was just before it happened and I know he was down to the corner flag where he should be in line with play. So given that he was in line with play, Ralston's body's definitely blocking his view. Yep. So he's probably playing the law of averages, looking at where the ball's moved, giving the direction on communication with Nick Walsh and they've given a consensus decision probably toward the corner. I think Walsh is positioned at the D um, and I think he's got a clear line of sight of the two players but whether he's got the angle to see in between the two players and mm-hmm. where the ball's actually yeah. at or not I don't think so so I think collectively they've got to the wrong decision but it goes back to the points I've made in previous episodes there's a massive difference between a bad decision and a wrong decision a bad decision when you're presented with all the evidence a clear view and you come to the wrong conclusion I think that's a bad call that one for me is just wrong through an unfortunate position of the officials and where the ball is deflected And interestingly, the only crystal clear camera angle of the contact is from behind the goal. Which is a view that you'll never ever have. Exactly. You know, behind the goal, it's so obvious that it's hit Ralston's arm. Yeah. But we don't have those those, um, fourth officials that were on the 18-yard line, you know, before Mm -hmm. in the World Cups and things. Mm -hmm. But we would need someone there to have that view of it to come to that conclusion. And I can't see Bobby Madden calling that from halfway line. I mean, I would just get to come in on that, yeah. Absolutely not. If I'm fourth official, not a chance I'm getting involved in that. And if I'm Nick Walsh, I'm not thanking Bobby to get involved in that. <laughs> it's impossible for him imagine, to see that. Imagine it comes out that a fourth official with a, a view of 60 yards away, probably with one of the managers in his ear asking for something, is telling the referee 18 yards to the diagonal, that's a corner or not a corner. No, not a you would disregard that information. I think, I think the biggest word there is, is credibility. You shoot any credibility out of the water if you're making a call from yeah. 56 yards away. Yeah. I mean... We've worked together numerous times. There is not a chance I'd be buzzing you and saying, Steve, I think you need to have a look at that. I, and, and vice versa, not not a hope. No. Um, and I know it was only, only words that uh, you said, again. I know you didn't mean it, that it wasn't unfortunate where the officials were. They were oh, probably in the right in spot. The right but it was just yeah. one, one of those things. And I know there's been chat that all oh, the fourth official said, we've, we've all been fourth official and we've all gone, aye, aye, you're right, you're right. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> take it with a pinch of salt. Mm-hmm. Either that or someone's had an iPad or at half time or at full time, he's had a chance to see it and or someone's communicated and Bobby's in, aye, it looks like it might have fit. You know, Ralston's arm, it wasn't a corner as opposed to at, at the at moment the in the game time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. No, interesting. So a mixed bag for Nick Walsh overall then, would you say? I think that he'll have come out of that fine. We're, we're agreeing uh, that it's a penalty. Some of us... For more reasons. reluctantly than, than others, it was a penalty. All Nick did wrong in that was he gave a corner that we didn't think was a corner. Uh, and in the grand scheme of things, that's a nothing. Yeah. Even although it results in a goal for the Irrelevant. attacking team. That's a second Irrelevant. phase. Yeah. That's yeah. gone. I, w- I would say that the hardest decisions to give are when two players are in close, close proximity and the ball's been cleared mm-hmm. at pace or it's been put out of the park. And it's very difficult to get a completely clear view of definitely who that ball came off last. Yep. So those are ones that are always very, very tricky and will often lead to error. And we've had chat here before um, when we've, we've discussed if there's doubt, do we still, and I know it's an unwritten law, do we still give the benefit of the doubt to the attacker? Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Don't it's, a, it's, a, a it's a gut, it's a gut yeah. feeling. If it's one of the ones you don't know, it's a gut feeling. Well, okay. having said that, there's going to be a lot less highlights and you're going to be in the paper less if you give a goal kick for that. Yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, maybe, it, you know, the levels maybe vary, but I, I, I would tend to lean with, I would go with one that's got less of an impact if it's wrong. 
where I don't have a steer on it through maybe the player reactions or whatever. You know, if I can't take a guide on what's happened from the environment, from maybe the way the ball has moved, you know, if you're genuinely 50-50 with your decision and you've got nothing to base it on, I would probably go with the one that's got less of an impact if it's wrong. Go kick, start back pedalling. <laughs> Quickly. <laughs> that's Desi's reference career right there. <laughs> okay, that takes us back to, to Saturday's match at Ibrox Rangers Aberdeen. Jim Goodwin upset Steve with uh, the only goal of the game that came uh, quite late for Rangers in that one. He's claiming a foul in Nick, sorry, in Calvin Ramsey by uh, Calvin Bassey. And he was also a suspicion of offside when Roof puts the ball in the net. Your view on that? No to both. <laughs> simple as that. Yeah, simple as that. Yeah, um, yeah we've, we've, seen, uh, we've seen the clips of it. Absolutely not offside because the Aberdeen defender is on the line as, as well as the goalie. So not, not offside. And if the Aberdeen defenders are as, if they're going to be knocked to their, uh, <laughs> off their feet by that level of contact, then there's something wrong with it, uh, with their, their defending. Obviously there was because they, they lost that. Absolutely not a chance it was a foul. I'll concur with that, Des and Doogie, just straightforward. There was nothing in that. Jim Goodwin just looking for a wee excuse there, perhaps. Yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing there to see whatsoever. The offside claim is actually quite ridiculous when you see yeah. how far the, the right back <laughs> is. He's almost, he's, he's on the goal line almost. Uh, and just as Steve said there, if Aberdeen are looking for a, a foul, by Bassey then I think they better take out a new gym membership yeah I think, I think the, the Rangers players came in reasonably to you know to challenge for the ball the ball's up ahead both players there's always going to be some form of contact as long as the contact is reasonable and kind of in the spirit of the match you're playing yep. through that there was next to nothing in it I think the Aberdeen player probably just doesn't know he's coming thinks you know there's there's nobody there and, and is, is largely caught off balance on the turn to go and get the ball mm-hmm. and, and Bassey just reacts better and sharper to it mm-hmm. um, Jim Goodwin's probably maybe just trying to kind of take the attention off the fact that the Rangers players just went and danced through three of his defenders to put the ball back in oh for the goal. God. There were a couple of situations after that, though. A, sort of a late challenge by Scott Arfield on Lewis Ferguson. He was coming across the pitch. And it was just maybe a wee cheeky one, just caught him in the, on the, the back of the Achilles. Did you did you have a look at that one, Steve? Yeah, I, I think I would probably just go with uh, your own choice of words. It was a wee, wee naughty one, a wee sneaky one. Um, we'll, we've seen them uh, plenty of times. I didn't think that there was anything particularly gruesome or malicious uh, in it. Yellow card? I think Aye, probably. I think as we discussed earlier, I think he's um he's been a bit naughty. He's he's had an opportunity maybe to try and break up play, etc. But where he's where he's caught him, I would I would be happy enough with a yellow card for that. I don't don't see it being any malicious. I don't see it being a gruesome tackle that he's getting in there to rake his Achilles. He's he's caught him and he's maybe just just got away with one there. Mm-hmm. Um it seemed to it seemed to inflame the, the Aberdeen players though, Doogie, and just a few mm-hmm. minutes later, uh, Vicente Bazean goes flying in on uh, on uh, Arfield on the touchline, really quite dangerously, didn't he? Yeah, he comes in at pace, he's coming side on to the Rangers player. Um, it's one of those ones as an official, you can almost anticipate what's going to happen. You can, you're can you reading the game at that point, you, you can see that he's reacted to something, he's not happy. And you're always, you know what you're watching for at this point and it's rare you get it in a game when you're almost anticipating what's just about to happen. And he does, he lunges, he jumps in and goes across. And for me, he's gone in without any regard for the safety of his opponent. It's a lunge to tackle at pace and I think it ticks enough boxes to qualify it as a serious foul play offence. And for me, I would probably have issued a red card. Same for you, Steve. Yep, word for word. Yep, couldn't disagree with anything there. I mean, how does the how does John Beaton not see that then? You'd have to ask John, but the the only thing that um, 
you can say again in, in mitigation, but I'm going to contradict myself because you, you do, you can see that coming so you can get yourself into position. The only thing is that it's, you know, side on yeah. again. So maybe he's caught behind the, the Aberdeen player. But somebody of John's experience should be anticipating that and getting into, uh, into position. You wonder where the fourth official was. Because it's quite close to the dugouts, isn't it? Standard in front. Aye. I think, as Diggy mentioned, you can see that unfurling. You know exactly what's coming. And as Steve said, there's someone with John's experience should be able to angle himself maybe a bit better because you know that he's not interested in the ball. He's only going to go and take out the player. It's maybe a wee bit of retribution from what's just happened a couple of minutes ago to his teammate. Mm-hmm. All the officials potentially should be on red alert at that moment in time, seeing what's, seeing what's coming in. But Diggy's word for word correct. 100% serious well play off. If John's not seen it, I would like to think that John would be asking the question amongst his team, mm-hmm. guys, what did you see there? Mm-hmm. Because okay. that's got to be his next form of communication. Uh, and someone, someone, whether it's the fourth official, the assistant looking down the line, potentially, but certainly the fourth official is right in front of the dugouts, is right in front of Van Bronckhurst. Going to let the line off a bit more uh, in that situation, even though it's match awareness, so everybody should be thinking, no, I hear, I hear it's coming. But the Lionel's got other things to be keeping an eye yes, on, mm-hmm. especially when Arfield's uh, getting ready ball. to play that ball yeah. up front. So the Lionel's busy elsewhere. I'm thinking that that's between the ref and the, the fourth. I mean, I guess I guess the mitigative part might be did, did John not see that there was clear contact on the player as he maybe felt that he's got in front of him in an attempt to block it, maybe recklessly. Um, and, and not seeing the impact on Arfield and that might be maybe John's in a half turn ready to move up the park you know watching it out, mm. the, out of side vision you know because it is going away he's going out of the pitch he's going away from where John would have been regardless of where he's positioned you know he's not running towards him so that's probably why or I would guess why maybe he's not seen it crystal clear to issue the red card for that but I think with the benefit of reviews and camera angles yeah you know you can see that there's there's a lunge and he's he's, he's tackled in a manner that the Aberdeen player eh, sorry the Rangers player was you know at risk of serious injury. Yeah, that that was, that was quite a terrible one. That was a leg breaker. That was a nasty one. So that leads me to say, is that one that should be, you know, maybe looked at retrospectively? Is that a, the dreaded compliance officer again? Again, I don't understand what the compliance officer does. Um, <laughs> I'd be, yeah, I, I would be hoping that would be looked at again, but I'm, you'd, have to, <laughs> you'd have to ask people above me. But uh, it was a nasty one and that, that needs to be. It looked at. See, as referees at a, a senior level, I'm curious to your opinion. It's something I do actively as a referee. Is my, part of my communication when I see someone maybe beginning to lose their composure and potentially going to lunge into a wild tackle, I won't direct anything to them specifically, but I'll be verbally loud asking for control in the tackle or keeping it tidy. Some sort of kind of direction to let them know that I'm on it, I'm with them, I'm viewing it, and, and to maintain a degree of composure when they're making that challenge. Is that something that should be employed, that you would employ at that level? If you can see that's about to happen, would you give them an indication that you're watching that challenge and you're, you know, anticipating something might happening? No, absolutely. Um, it's your on-field management of the game. It's your on-field management of people. So in those kind of situations, if I'm happening to be running by a player, I'm going, right, come on, let's keep your head on this here. But in that instance, as running, I would be maybe coming across and being verbal and saying, stay on your feet, don't mm-hmm. dive in, stay on your feet, stay on your feet. So you're almost trying to, to manage the situation before it occurs. Yeah. Uh, whether the player takes any credence of yeah. it's entirely entirely a shot but I would be I would say if my match awareness at that situation and as we've said we can all see what's going to be coming here I would have been at the top of my lungs and encouraging them Asking to for stay control. up yeah, the, yeah. the two things I tend to say is, is keep control or keep it tidy because I don't want to say something that indicates what a player should do with the ball or without the ball I don't want to be seen to be helping one team or another out so I'm always conscious of what I'm saying. So I will tend to say something like, you know, keep it tidy, keep it tidy, or keep in control, control the tackle. T- 
to try and it's not so much to take you know verbatim what I'm saying on board it's more to the players so they understand that I am on it and yeah. I'm right there yeah. so you know they're not out of my view they're not going to do something they're going to get away with it's I'm here I'm watching that and I can see you're going in at pace and if the players can hear you mm. and the incident does occur then there can't really be any uh, surprise at the repercussions yep. and they're going well he's just told you I agree with mm. that totally he's just and told you that, that's for other people round about to, to hear as well you're that, selling that it you're to other people them. yes and I have on occasion I've said to uh, to the players as well look if I've missed it I've missed it forget it it's done um, and as Des says it's up to them whether they take any notice but I, again I have had other people when they have uh, taken the retribution they've, they've said but you, you heard them telling you aye yeah yeah, the, the common one at our, my level certainly is the players using their hands, pulling the jerseys, hands on the shoulder, and I'll let it play through unless you know unless it goes a little bit too far at points. But if I feel like it's getting far, I'll say, keep your hands down, keep your hands down, keep your hands down. And if they don't do it by the third or fourth time, they're getting the free kick. And if they turn around and they're giving it, oh, oh ref, why is this? Why is that? Mm. I'll say, I, I couldn't have been any clearer in my instruction to you. You know, keep your hands off your opposition. Mm-hmm. Do you remember an instance in your career where there was a you could see a red card coming a mile away and you've warned the player and and yet he still goes on and does it? Funnily enough, um, after watching uh, Rangers uh, today, it was uh, Ryan Jack. I can't remember what season, first game of the season, Aberdeen St. Johnson. And we're going to talk about the, the Hibs one. The Hibs one, yeah. It's the exact same scenario. You know, the first touch is a... You know, the first touch is off your shin and the second touch is on the other player's shin. Second touch is a can see it, You can see it coming. Um, you know, Ryan settled in, straight through him. You know, red card, first game of the season. Yeah. That's the only one that springs to mind. And, and that brings us nicely, as you say, to the to the St Johnston match and a real wild one there from Cammy McPherson uh, on Jake Doyle Hayes. Um, again, it's he's lost complete complete control, hasn't he? Yep. And I, I've said, how many times have I said in here, I try and look for mitigation, but there, there really isn't any uh, in that situation. You could see it coming and it's the exact same as the one I've just described. It's come off the St. Johnson players' shins. Uh, who was it, Frank Worthington? Um, talking about people who's, uh, who could trap the ball further than he could kick it. Um, <laughs> it came off, off his shin and you could see the instant it bounced off him, he was going to, and there's no other way of saying it, he was going to have the, the Hibs player. Yeah. No no way around it. It was um, panic. Ab- absolutely. It was going to happen dead set. And that should have been red as far as you're concerned, Des? Oh, there's, that should be a, a double red, a screaming red. <laughs> uh, I don't, the, the bit that gets me, and I've watched the clip a few times, Craig's looking directly at the situation mm-hmm. when he's cautioning the player. He's actually showing, saying it's a straight leg, and he's, he's actually telling the player what, what why it's a yellow card. But I mean, that I, I, nothing will explain to me why that is not a red card. Uh, I don't think even the most fervent St Johnson supporter would disagree with that. I think Stuart Cosgrove would be looking for a red card for that, even mm-hmm. as well. But yeah, red card, dangerous, dangerous safety of opponent. Um, no, absolutely no, no recourse there. Yeah, not often I don't have anything to add, but that's categorically correct. You know, it's bad touch, out of control, overextension, played dangerously, serious foul play, ticks every box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it's just uh, fortunate that he didn't suffer a, a major injury in that instance, Steve, isn't oh, it? thankfully, yeah. I guess the irony is if he did, he probably would have got the red card. And I think that's the shame about it is the player shouldn't have to suffer the consequences of a, of a terrible challenge in order for the appropriate sanction to be issued. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a bit like the in the Dundee United game, the captain has to go off with the, with the cut head yeah. and couldn't no longer take part. The pictures weren't conclusive to, to really sort of see what had been used. But clearly you don't get a cut in your head there if there's been no contact. <laughs> but, but So that's the opposite side of it. So this player hasn't 
doping sanction despite the mm-hmm. severity of the injury. Mm-hmm. And to the degree is entirely correct. You're, you're, you're not looking for, right, it's a yellow card, oh, I actually got a broken leg, I'll, I'll change it to a red. Um, you just go by what you see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at that time, it, there's no no excuses for the St. John's one. No, that was a poor one from Craig Napier. In the general sense though, guys, we just touched on it at the top of the show, it's um, finally the SFA decided to invite some media in to, to show them playing with TV screens and stuff like that uh, in terms of VAR. I mean, that was a bit of a publicity act, wasn't it, Steve? There mm-hmm. wasn't too much there, was there? No, there, it, it didn't advance us much at all. Still don't know when it's coming, if it's coming, what kind of flavour of it we're getting. Maybe they're doing lip service to us, thinking, right, it's, it's coming, it's coming, just, you know, calm yourselves down. But You'd like to think the fact that they've... they've, they've spoke about it they've, they've shown us how we would use it you know why would they dangle that carrot and now not introduce it you know certainly sooner than later uh, you know they sat there with John in the, in the camera room and showed the guy who runs the technology and how they would administer it and the red button and the, the green button and all these things so the fact they've gone to those lengths you'd like to think it's certainly on the agenda to be introduced to the game sooner than later we've all been at meetings we all know what happens to agendas sometimes but I just <laughs> get on with it I mean, but at least we now know that you hit a green button to talk to a referee. <laughs> I didn't think it was as basic as that. I was really surprised when I seen two yeah. buttons sitting there. I was thought, uh-huh. It's not as simple as that. It was, like, it was like a scene from Star Trek at one point, I think. Uh, the comedy one, don't touch the red button. <laughs> but with the, the whole VAR situation, though, I think today's discussion, certainly around the handball incident, it shows that there will be a number of incidents that even with VAR are going to be highly questionable and divisive as far as public and referee opinion goes. Hopefully, hopefully. And and I know uh, it's probably uh, hopeless that VAR's there to correct clear and obvious errors. Mm -hmm. How long did we spend talking about that handball? Mm -hmm. That means it's not a clear and obvious error. So I would hope whoever was on the VAR button would say... One of the things, mm-hmm. go, go go with what you've decided. Mm-hmm. Is there not a, a unanimity, uh, the, the three referees or however many it is that's in the studio have to have a kind of unanimous opinion on it for it to be reviewed by VAR? Oh, the details wouldn't. Can, have can I just made you. that up? No, I, I don't know. made that up, but <laughs> I couldn't tell you if you're right. Us refs, what we like. Well, it's SFA, no doubt they'll have a meeting about it first before they talk to the Aye. referees or something. That's it. It's, um, they'll send you an email. Well, there you are. Don't talk about emails when Hugh Dallas is involved anyway. Oh! <laughs> That's another story. But uh, like you say, Steve, I mean, when's it? I mean, it's this, they're dragging their heels, aren't they? The club seem to be reluctant to spend the, or have some of their prize money taken away to pay for it in the first instance, even although the authorities are going to pay a fair chunk of it up front. I mean, we've just got to get it done, haven't we? We've just got to get it done. And you hear uh, Van Bronckhorst the other week, he was bemoaning the, the, the fact that we don't have it. And, and I've got no idea if Rangers or Celtic or whoever said they don't want to pay the money. But if, if the teams are saying we, you know, we don't want to pay the money, then hell, man, you put up with, put up with things like uh, dubious uh, penalties and dubious goals. Mm-hmm. Stop greeting about it. There's been a bit of chat, Des, about um, that very subject. Should the old firm shoulder the bill for, for VAR being brought into Scottish football or is that unfair? I think it would be a bit unfair for, for, for the old firm to be the majority of it I think I read somewhere that maybe the easiest way to do it is when the end of season prize money is given out if each club gives up a certain percentage now obviously the old firm will be getting the majority of that prize money so there go they will pay more of it but I think that would seem a it would seem a fairer way a fairer distribution model to use ah, instead um, of charging each team whatever it is X 100 pound, grand and yeah. you would just take it incrementally in terms of the percentage of the prize money and if it's coming from a central pot it's money that they're not accounting for at the start we always hear that clubs account for being in the lowest position and going out in the first letter into the mm-hmm. cup so therefore they're working to, to a basic so if it comes off a percentage and they're earning more than that 
then they're still going to be quids in, aren't they? Mm. That seems an entirely sensible thing, Dazzle. What are the chances of that happening? I think that's probably the first time somebody's ever used the word sensible <laughs> in a comment I've made in the same sentence. Please don't, please don't tell any of my young people at school. <laughs> to be but, honest, I can see Celtic Rangers probably being willing to shoulder the biggest proportion of the budget because I feel that Celtic and Rangers are most likely to benefit from VAR because they're the two big teams. They're always attacking. They generally get more fouls. They are in the position to receive more wrong decisions, in inverted commas, if you call it that. So I would say with the benefit of VAR, there will probably be less missed um, across the board for everybody. And with both of those clubs being generally the attacking teams, they stand to be the ones to have the most decisions corrected in their favour. Um, so if anything, it may increase the disparity between the top two and the rest of the leagues. I like Des's idea, Steve, you know, that it's maybe proportional uh, down the league in terms of who pays what. But what about the SPFL or the SFA looking for a commercial partner to, to look after VAR? Uh, that would be beneficial to everybody and it would, uh, would certainly reduce the costs across the board. Absolutely. I think that's a, a great idea. And, and when you think... The whole country, whenever you see VAR, the whole country's wrapped, uh, waiting for it to happen. And then it would take the cost uh, burden away from everybody, Des, and all of a sudden you've got the, the service that we require and we need. Makes complete sense. Complete, they they monetise everything. They monetise football fronts of jerseys. They're now monetising shorts and players. Referees have got their own sponsor. The, um, the additional time. Board. The boards, they've got sponsors on it. So it would probably be the only thing within world football that's not sponsored at present so yeah and if it can lessen the cost onto the clubs then I think they would be all for it as well. I suppose the commercial options are are limitless Doogie I mean uh, what would you suggest as a, as a backer? Yeah I think um, I work in a commercial capacity I work in sponsorship I think it's a, it's a no-brainer for certain brands to be in that space they're always looking for time on screen and you know when you look at people putting money into the boards around the side of a pitch you know it's your luck if you're on screen when something happens but for a company like Specsavers, who already sponsor referees, you know, there's an easy tie in there. You know, VAR, you know, look through your own varifocal lenses, you know, <laughs> see, see, the, see the decision your way, whatever you want it to be. You know, there's there's ways you can tie that into, you know, lots of different brands, businesses who are already part of the game or look for it as a means of hook to bring a new company into Scottish football that maybe hasn't already thought about it. So I mm. think that's a, that's a great idea. I think they should be looking at it as a commercial opportunity. Um, and, you know, that just further increases in revenue that comes into the game, in addition to assisting the referees getting um, closer to the right decision every time. Food for thought from Get Involved Referee. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. And don't forget to try and send us any clips you want the guys to have a look at. And we'll see you next time. Next time.